just you wait and see. Good morning, everybody. This is Claire Becker. And Sophia Kacha. Welcome or welcome back to our podcast, SC History, where we give you the facts and occasionally our opinion. Today is the first episode of our Conflict Controversy series. I hope you're sitting at the edge of your seat because today we're discussing our stance on the worldwide debate regarding the termination of World War II. The song that you just heard is The White Cliffs of Dover by Vera Lynn from 1941. This song symbolizes the longing for the peace that will come after the war is over. As we all know, the war ended due to the combination of an Allied invasion of France and the atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. However, we believe that the fight between the Allies and Japan should have ended differently. We think that a negotiated surrender would have been the best way to end the war without losing thousands of additional lives, and we have a few reasons for this. I'll hand it over to Claire to kick off our explanations. First, Hiroshima and Nagasaki were brutal events. It is believed that about 225,000 lives were lost, but no one knows the real number. It could easily be thousands more than 225,000. Additionally, besides the bomb's initial collision, radiation poisoning killed thousands and left lasting impacts on survivors from both cities. Radiation sickness is a vicious and often fatal illness that causes not only a variety of painful symptoms, but long-term health conditions, such as cancer and congenital disabilities. Thousands of Japanese citizens contracted radiation poisoning, and many never recovered. Here's a translated clip of a Japanese woman named Miyako Yano, who survived the atomic bombing, discussing the effects of the bomb on young children. So the last student... Uh, who was exposed to the radiation for the, to the uh, atomic bomb on in 1945. She died on August 13. So some of these students lived only in war. This clip explains how some people lived only in war. They never had a chance to live lives without war because the atomic bomb took that from them. Overall, we believe that the lives lost greatly outweigh the necessity of an atomic bomb. A negotiated surrender between the two countries could have ended the war and saved tens of thousands of lives. The U.S. spent unimaginable amounts of money on the war. In the 1940s, the Manhattan Project alone cost about $2 billion, equivalent to about $23 billion today. The total amount for the war is expected to be around $3.3 trillion. Think of how much money could have been saved if the atomic bomb wasn't necessary and the war was able to be stopped without increased fighting. Heading into World War II, the U.S. had already accumulated a debt of around $34 billion. During World War II, the U.S. faced one of the largest increases in public debt, and by the end of the war accumulated a debt of over $250 billion. A negotiated surrender could have not only saved thousands of lives, but also saved billions of dollars. Rather than funding one of the most destructive combat weapons and the murder of innocent Japanese civilians, the money spent on the atomic bomb could have gone to other important investments, such as technological advances or public health and safety. Third, a negotiated surrender in itself can be beneficial to all parties involved. Each country would have the ability to fight for themselves and come to an equal agreement. One of the reasons that the war dragged on for so long was because the Allies demanded an unconditional surrender from Japan. The Allies weren't willing to negotiate and listen to Japan, but we believe that would have been the best option. 
the war could have ended peacefully and both money and lives could have been saved. In order to have a successful surrender with Japan, there are a couple of points we believe need to be met. First, the U.S. already tried to force the unconditional surrender with Japan during the Potsdam Conference in July of 1945. Here, the U.S. states gave Japan the option to fully surrender the Imperial General Headquarters and all of the armed forces under Japanese control or face destruction. Jap- Japan accepted these terms of unconditional surrender on August 10th, right after the bombing of Nagasaki. For this specific surrender, Japan was hesitant to accept the terms until they were faced with mass destruction and violence. Our first point is that this negotiated surrender is to be conditional rather than unconditional. If the U.S. had negotiated a conditional surrender, Japan would have agreed sooner and the atomic bombs would be far from necessary. Another point of surrender is allowing the Emperor of Japan to stay in power as a constitutional monarch. The Emperor was seen as a godlike figure to the Japanese population, and if he was forced to step down, the country would enter a state of panic and chaos. The U.S. would also face significant resistance from not only Japanese officials, but citizens as well. This may lead to a continuation of the war and further destruction of U.S. land and lives. Some historians point out that if the U.S. allowed Emperor Hirohito to stay in power, they would continue facing attacks and the surrender would be pointless. This brings us to the next point of surrender. Third, Japan must agree to stop attacks on U.S. soil unless militarily threatened by the U.S., Ensuring that Japan remains neutral in this sense will eliminate the concerns the U.S. government had with allowing Emperor Hirohito to stay in power. Establishing a form of neutrality between the countries will also save thousands of Japanese lives and American lives, giving both countries a stable sense of security and post-war peace. Fourth, the USSR will not invade and take over Japan. Before the atomic bomb was dropped, Stalin was planning to take over Japan's second largest island, Hokkaido. The possession of this land was of strategic significance to Stalin because it would lead to the projection of Soviet influence into the Pacific. Stalin then asked President Harry S. Truman to agree with his decision to invade Hokkaido. After Hiroshima, Truman did not think this invasion was a good idea, and his possession of the atomic bomb gave him the confidence to turn down the operation, which Stalin called off soon after. Based on this information, some concluded that the atomic bomb prevented the occupation of Japan by the Soviets, including this point of surrender and the negotiation between the Allies and Japan, the goal of preventing the Soviet invasion of Japan will be accomplished without the extreme destruction that came with the atomic bomb. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back to you shortly after this next ad. Hello, this is the War Finance Committee reminding you to buy victory bonds. Our boys are fighting for our country and could sure use some money for supplies. Plus, you'll be paid back with interest once we win this war. Remember to buy victory bonds and support our boys. And we're back. The next point we want to discuss is a little more hypothetical, but prevalent nonetheless. This is a point often brought up in opposition to the atomic bombs and one that we agree with. By the end of the war, the Allies had cracked Japanese military codes and had been hearing snippets about a Japanese surrender. Despite this news, U.S. officials still went ahead with the atomic bomb and destroyed Hiroshima. If they had waited a little while longer, there was a good chance that Japan could have surrendered peacefully and all of those innocent Japanese lives could have been spared. Next, while we recognize the pros for the bombing of Hiroshima, we absolutely need to address the bombing of Nagasaki since we believe that there are no benefits to the destruction of Nagasaki. The U.S. used the atomic bomb as a way to get the Japanese to surrender, 
but barely gave them enough time to absorb what had happened at Hiroshima before the atomic bomb was dropped on Nagasaki. Between the rumors of surrender from Japanese military codes and the effects of Hiroshima, we believe that if the U.S. had at least waited longer between Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the Japanese would have surrendered. Regardless, we firmly believe that after hearing rumors of Japanese surrender from their military codes, the Allies should have taken advantage of that and either waited for them surrender, to surrender or reached out to negotiate one. Re-emphasizing our stance on this topic, we have another qualified historian, Martin J. Sherwin, discussing his thoughts on Oppenheimer and the atomic bomb. So Oppenheimer, uh, looking back, uh, yes, uh, he regrets it because the it wasn't needed to end the war against Japan. It was used on an essentially defeated enemy. And two, the demonstration of the bomb, which was supposed to uh, awaken the world to the danger of nuclear weapons and the um, need to have... Uh, an international control of atomic energy uh, condominium to really get rid of nuclear weapons, that doesn't happen. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion about the end of World War II, and we appreciate you listening to our perspective. We'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of Conflict Controversy on SC History. So